that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast. In fact, our final one of the National Hunt season 21-22 as we tip into Punchestown. Of course, this podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and fans bet all the way through and we're nearly there to the end of the National Hunt racing season. Punchestown Festival is uh, fast approaching, obviously gets underway tomorrow. Joining me on today's panel, Dermot Nolan is here. Hello, Dino. How are you? I'm fine, Demo. We nearly got there. We've nearly got there. And, We've uh, nearly got there, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah looking forward to this. Uh, Keen Kirby is back. Keen, how are you? All good. Thanks, Dean. Uh, just a bit of reflection on the Fairy Hut podcast. A uh, big shout out to Dermo who napped Digby at 10 to 1. Some and shout. also, um, there was a couple of laughs when I threw up Brandy Love uh, for going right handed, but she won, <laughs> yeah. won as well at five. Fairness, so. we do. We've all laughed at Digby Fairy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, two, uh, two decent winners there on the podcast. Yeah, fair play indeed. Uh, the Digby shout was some shout. And yeah, you're right to point out the uh, Brandy Love. Uh, shout didn't end up in the car park actually ended up going past the line first although it did come wide to be wide. fair two out nearly did fail, yeah. but just yeah. was good enough yeah. did yeah. come wide just had uh, all the uh, engine necessary to negotiate the extra two and a half miles that it travelled fair play um, it was a great shout in fairness and a big price um, in the end for, for Brandy Love well done uh, Darren Hughes is also back Darren how are you I am not too bad do you know I am not too bad thank you very much how are you all good I feel like no one ever asks you how you are. You know, when you're hosting the podcast, you're always, you come straight away and how's the lads? No one ever turns around and asks you how you are. So, yeah, he's going to start crying now, Darren. I, I, do now. you know, I think, Darren, it's because they already know. You know <laughs> I'm, reaching, I'm reaching the, the, the final embers of my enthusiasm. Here we are. And uh, looking forward to Punchestown, which is, in fairness, a, a cracking meeting ahead of us. So, we'll, we'll get this done. We will be back for Galway, I would imagine. Darren, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. As always, last year, I can't remember what it was, something did pop up that stopped us from doing Galway, but we, we do Galway every year, and we'll, we will do it again next year. Yep, Galway will just be the kind of, this you know, year. yeah, this year, yeah, it'll just be the, uh, it'll almost be the start again, we'll be, uh, we'll be lining them up. I think we've already found three or four horses for Galway, but we'll talk about them as, uh, as we get <laughs> later into the summer. Yeah, Galway in the West National. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, all those horses that aren't good enough for the rest of the year. Uh, go line up there but uh, no disrespect to Galway I look forward to it but it's a few months away let's get stuck into Punchestown uh, obviously we're going to kick off with the Tuesday uh, the 4.15 is the Bechtel Stud Champion Novice Hurdle Grade 1 of course uh, so Gerhard with Fans Bear our sponsors is a 6-4 on Jolly Dysart Dynamo who is uh, well yeah, will be ridden by Patrick Mullins 15-8 17-2 is Mighty Potter uh, Viva Ardanza and Gatsby Grey make up the field but they're 33-1 and 40-1 respectively uh, we've got a three-horse race here, but is it a one-horse race, Dermot Nolan? So G is at six to four. Yeah, he was a horse that uh, his jumping didn't fill me up with uh, with love, but it was uh, pretty good at Cheltenham, to be honest. And we kind of stood there in the rain watching him that day, mm. and uh, it was rather effortless, wasn't it? And the performance of Tree Stripe Life afterwards as well. Like again, that 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 horse really deserved that that big win at Aintree, and that does back up to that form all season. Is is just it's strong form. And um, he just, yeah, he takes the world of stopping. The, the grade ones are kind of getting predictable. And hopefully next season we can kind of get a, a bit more randomness at play. But to uh, start off the festival, the first grade one, it will go to Willie Mullins. I yeah, No doubt. And I'd expect it to go to the 
William Mullins favourite. One note is that I'm very surprised and uh, not having a go at Patrick Mullins. Obviously, he's a terrific jockey, but Danny Mullins, like Dysart Dynamo, that's a Danny Mullins ride, isn't it? You know, mm. going from the front, old canny Danny. And uh, I am surprised that uh, he didn't get the, the ride there. But look, I'm not going to question Willie Mullins. That's, uh, that's a quick way to the poorhouse. Yeah, has been. Um, no, uh, no hankerings for a big run from Mighty Potter, Demo? Uh, not over two miles, Dean, no. no. I thought that uh, clearly nothing much was wrong at Cheltenham. I just thought he was taking off his feet. Um, so whilst I really love this horse and he's going to be a beast over fences, um, everyone kept saying to me that he needed to go up and trip. I was the wise guy saying, no, 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 he'd be fine over two. I think, yeah, he very clearly does. Uh, whilst uh, Sir Gerhard has shown that he can kind of go up and down, he'd be fine. So um, no, I just think he's over fences. He might bridge the gap a little bit, but I just think Sir Gerhard... It, it, is a good deal better than these things. Okay. Um, Kian, I come to you next. Is the betting got this in the right order? Are we expecting the one, two, three to be Sir G, then Dice at Dynamo, Mighty Potter? Yeah, look, it looks spot on, to be fair. Obviously, um, Sir Gerhard's been really well back now. The one thing I would note is that he, he, after he won the bumper at Cheltenham last year, he did go on uh, to run at the, the, at the Punchdown Festival, and that was his the only time he's been beaten. He was well beaten mm. by Kelly Foot the bumper. So... That is um that is worth noting if you're taking um a short price. Now I do think the track will suit Dysart Dynamo a lot more. I mean he's been to Punchestown twice, and he's won by 19 lengths and seven lengths. So the betting probably has it right, Dean. But I wouldn't be surprised if um if Dysart Dynamo made a race of it. I presume they'll go from the front with him, and he might be um difficult to peg back if he gets into a lead. Uh, in terms of what they do next season, I'd say we probably won't see the best of Dysart Dynamo until he goes chasing. And I'd say Sir Gerhard's more of a champion hurdle horse, but um. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a bet in this race. It's more of a watching brief, but it uh, should be a good contest between the two of them. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the on the no bet angle here because I don't know if I want to back to Gerhard odds on against a horse of Dice Out Dynamo's class who has just this one blip and it was a fall under, well, under pressure perhaps at Cheltenham. And then, you know, Mighty Potter obviously didn't run this race. Couldn't find anything wrong with it at, at Cheltenham, but it's possibly not. Yeah, just on um, Dice Art Dynamo, where do you think he would have finished in the Supreme if he did, if he did second, stand up? Second. Clear second, yeah. I'd imagine so, but like it's hard to know exactly where the tank had got to in terms of you know where the where the gauge was at, because um, he's so free, isn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, and both of them both of them had their form franked at entry as well. They're, they're, they're probably just two very good horses. It's probably back to the Shishkin and Anurjameen where any bit of a chink in either of their armors... And the other one beats them. I think they're both both just very, very smart. It was just before Cheltenham, Dean. I, we spoke about it driving from Bristol to uh, Cheltenham. Mm. It was the way Willie Mullins' camp was talking about Sir Gerard and the way that Nicky Henderson's camp were talking about Constitution Hill just kind of made you sit up and go, all right, they both think these horses are, are very, very special. So I'd love to see them them clash next season, but I'd say we won't see that for about five years, I'd say. Probably never see that, in fairness. That's the way that, no. the, way that the game has gone. Darren Hughes, can you uh, shed any light here or are you in agreement with... Uh, the, the musings so far. I'm agree. I'm in agreement with the musings, but I, I'm going to give a small chance here to Mighty Potter. I think at the prices, um, as Keen kind of said there, I can't get out of my head. Like I'm a massive Sir Garhard fan, but I can't get out of my head how far below himself he ran last year at Punchdown. I actually think the the run was a good bit worse even than it appeared at the time. You know, we kind of thought at Cheltenham. Obviously, he beat Kilcrot, and people kind of thought you know, maybe another day Kilcrot would have beaten him. I mean. And then he comes back to punch down, Kilcrop beats him. It's like, oh yeah, that's what should have happened. I'm not convinced. I actually think it was a very, very poor run. Mm-hmm. Uh, the horse in second as well, O'Toole, hasn't exactly gone on to do a whole pile. So I'd be inclined to believe he ran a good bit below himself here last year. And that all kind of leads me to say, don't really think I can get stuck into him. Uh, Dicer Dynamo, 
he had a mother and father of a fall like that was a fairly it wasn't just a, he didn't just come down like he, he really did uh, he hit the ground with, with with serious velocity at Cheltenham and as much and all as I was a massive fan of him going into Cheltenham um I don't think I could back him coming off the back of that and then I just came down on Mighty Potter he was pulled up pretty early in Cheltenham clearly something was amiss like that definitely wasn't him um, and maybe just he had probably had an easier race than than the other two had at the festival obviously Sir Garhard put up a pretty monster performance in his uh, in his race as well so I just thought at the prices Mighty Potter could upset them it wouldn't be the first time you'd see form sort of reversed or turned on its head from Cheltenham to Punchestown and at, at, the, at the available prices I thought 17 to 2 was pretty fair for that to happen yep fair enough Mighty Potter giving a shout there by Darren Hughes it's one of those races where you just the price on Dysart the price on Sajeha just kind of let you make you watch it and then the price on Mighty Potter might tease you in and uh, that's that's fair enough. Let's go to the um, Willie Mill Champion Chase. That's at five twenty-five on Tuesday at Punchestown. Energimine uh, is going to go off odds on here, of course. Currently eleven to eight on with fans bet. Shakan Poussoir thirteen to eight. It's his course, you could argue. Andy Dufresne is in there after a big run at Cheltenham at sixteen. eighteen to one uh, for the monster. It is Envoy Allen. But when does the monster return? And Captain Guinness, well, just there for the beer money. Um, at thirty-three to one. Uh, I've always been dismissive of that horse, Darren. I'll stick with you. Uh, what do we think of the champion chase? And Edge, I mean, just uh, you know, cements his position at the top of the two-mile tree with the, an absent Shishkin. Probably, probably, mm. but the odds do suggest that. Um, yeah, like this, this for me is similar to what it was for you, Legend, the first race. I reckon it's going to be a, a no-bet race. I thought Envo Allen was maybe just a small bit overpriced at eighteen to one top price in the market, but like. Mm. When I say a small bit, I'd be like, oh, if he was 14s, you know, that'd be the right price. You know, there, there's nothing in it. Uh, and I wouldn't be backing him, I don't think, at this. It's hard to have any confidence in him. But just second run after a wind up, kind of 10 lengths to find on an argument, better ground, blah, blah, could could potentially run a better race here. But it's very hard to see what Shaq and an argument running so far below themselves that he can win. So I think sit back and watch. This is kind of the race we all wanted to see at Cheltenham. Obviously, Shaq and and Shishkin exited earlier than than intended at Cheltenham, so we might get something like what we wanted to see there uh, tomorrow afternoon, and I'd say just sit back and enjoy it. Yeah, fair enough. Another big day for Patrick Mullins, of course, picking up that ride in Dysart Dynamite and aboard Shaka and Poussoir in the champion chase. Uh, Kian, do you see an upset for the jolly here? Um, no, I think I think Energamine will take this. Just an interesting stat on Shaken is that he's only been beaten from one of his nine starts over fences in Ireland. So he's obviously a bit of a home bird. Um, he was going well at Cheltenham when he fell, but I still don't think he would have beaten Energamine. Um, at the price at the moment, Energamine's around the 8-11 to mark. I'd, I'd have him a lot shorter than that. I think I'd make him maybe a 4-7 four, four to seven shot. Um, mm-hmm. He's a lot, of, lot more upsides to him. He's an, eight, he's an eight-year-old. Uh, Shaqan's 10 now. I know Shaqan was really good in this race la- last year, but Nergamine also bolted up a punch his sound. So it should be a cracking race between the two of them, but I do think Nergamine um, ha- has more more upside, and I do think he'll take plenty of stopping here. Okay, uh, take plenty of stopping in Nergamine. Demo, I see this as Shaqan Poursois' last dance, to be honest. If you're going to go and beat uh, one of Nergamine or Shishkin before you know the career ends, it's probably this time round. Yeah, Dean, I, I do as well. Um... I think it's seven to four. He's 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 arguably just a little bit overpriced. Seven to four, thir- thirteen day wise. I I just think mm. that Nurzamin. That was the stars kind of came together for Nurzamin at Cheltenham, and the ground definitely helped him. That's you know that's that's where he's been doing most of his racing. 
I think the kind of good to yielding aspect of it all. That's 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 kind of a new enough phenomenon too. I know he won in yielding here last year, but uh, good in the description is not something that that he be lo- he be well used to. So <coughs> I think Shaq and Persuade just he proved the last day again. He just didn't look happy at all going around the ground with slush, and he just wasn't happy at all back at Cheltenham again. It's just not his course. But when you look at his his performances overall, he's just been very very good, and um, I think that. His performance at Punch Down last year as well was absolutely brilliant as well, hammering Alaho. So whilst I love an Urjameen, think he, he he's very, very good, you'd wonder how much of him was left at Cheltenham. And at, at 7-4 to four or so, Dean, I think it's a very fair price to find out. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I'd be tempted to lay an Urjameen just to think I've got, I think you've got enough running for you against... Uh, obviously, that's a tough enough race, although the stars aligned, as you say, Dermot, and, and the main protagonists uh, skipped off early at Cheltenham. But it's still, it's still a hard old run in the, in the muck there and got to come back and do it. Yeah, I'd probably be on the lay side of an urge. I mean, not that I could tell you that Chacun and Poursoir is great value, but I think you've got enough running for you with perhaps the other two as well, Andy Dufresne. And then for Ireland could do anything, could you know, possibly do anything, which would be fascinating to see. Another cracking race, that's the 5.25 at Punchestown on Tuesday, the champion chase. Um, why don't we take a look then at the 6.35 on the Tuesday, which is the Dooley Insurance uh, champion novice chase. Uh, Bob Ollinger, uh, benefactor in kind at Cheltenham, of course, with the departure of Gallup in the Champs, has gone on absolutely sluiced in at Fairy House and confirmed that he's you know, probably a Gold Cup horse in the making. Is Bob Ollinger still a Gold Cup horse in the making, Dermo? This is uh, going to test those credentials, I guess. It is. Um, I I don't think he'll lose a whole pile uh, losing this race. I think Cheltenham, he just didn't look right at all. Uh, he, he's put in his place by an excellent horse who's gone on to confirm it again afterwards. And I know he won, but he was put in his place, really. Mm. Uh, but just the whole way around, he just never looked comfortable. Um, I watched it back a few times. Now, that might just be that he's not that comfortable jumping a fence and maybe going up to this trip will mean that he's going a little bit slower and that, that'll help his cause. I think the ground will definitely help him as well. But it's it's just, he was too bad to be true. Henry de Bromwich's horses now, they are running a lot better um, overall. I know he'd winners at Cheltenham, I know he won the Gold Cup, but overall, his horses were still not quite there. He's three winners now from his last five um, and a second place. Um, Henry's horses are starting to properly motor now, all of them, whilst there was just a select few beforehand. So Bob Ollinger could well, but up to three miles, Dean, I've just, yeah, I'm happy to take him on here. I think uh, Beacon Edge is a huge price. I think at 11 to 1 or so, um, absolutely huge. He hated Cheltenham. The ground in that RSA was just not to his liking at all. Um, he just hated every minute of it. He was the same when he was only beaten three quarters of a length behind Farouk Delane. But when you go back earlier on the season, over two mile four, there he was. See, uh, he saw Gabby Nacko, who's, who's gone on to prove himself since as a proper grade one animal. Fury Road was interred that day. Back to decent ground. Beacon Edge for me looks the type of horse who will just improve. I remember Disco took this race before for uh, for Noel Mead as well. A horse like yep. that who maybe didn't quite run his race to his full potential to challenge and bounce back to Punchestown. I think Beacon Edge is that horse. I think the ground will suit him. I think Fury Road, he had a very hard race at, uh, at Aintree. Capodano is maybe just a little bit hard to gauge, ran a good race, but again, that was, that was, a, that was a tough renewal. Beacon Edge, just because he wasn't enjoying it, didn't kind of get the whole way around. I just think Beacon Edge at eleven to one, Dean, is is the each way bet here. That if Bob Ollinger isn't as fully well in himself, he can still be a Gold Cup horse in the future. There's no doubt. But Beacon Edge at eleven to one or so, Dean, is uh, with the form he has behind him, back on decent ground. I think he's a proper better. 
Yep, Beacon Edge is 11-1 with our sponsors, fans. But they go Bob Ollinger, 6-5, 11-4, Capodano. Fury Road's there at 7-1. Miller's Bank um, for the Hales Yard is there at 11-1. It's 12-1 lifetime ambition for Jessica Harrington, who only really targets this meeting these days over the jumps. Bally Shannon Rose is there as well at 20-1. Uh, Darren Hughes, um, Bob Ollinger going to step into the Gold Cup pitch here. These are around 20-1 for the Gold Cup. If uh, if he goes and wins this one, that won't be the, that won't be the case. Uh, no, definitely won't be the case. But I would just say a word of caution. It's something that actually is it's never talked about around this time of year, but it's it's been a, it's been a fact for about a decade now. Henry de Bromhead's Punchtown Festival record is about as he's about a six percent strike rate at the Punchtown Festival. Um, similar to his record in bumpers, it's just it goes way below the radar, and oftentimes his horses are he way underpriced. Just back them off, festival. Darren. Does he? Let's just back them off, maybe after. I, I, I probably yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with his method of training, but I just say yeah, the the, 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 the way he goes about his business, I'd say by the time May rolls around, they're probably ready for summer. Um, now you would say he didn't have the best season of all time this year. So maybe, as Dermo said, they are starting to run a little bit better in recent weeks. And maybe that's an indicator this season will be different to other seasons. But it's always a stat I've had in the back of my mind probably for the last five or six years that be very, very cautious of getting stuck into one of Henry's at the Punchtown Festival. And at the prices, I'm happy enough to leave Bob Ollinger alone for all I am a massive fan of the horse. And I, I did think Capadano was a a more than reasonable um, alternative uh, to, to, to the favourite at about 11 to 4. Thought that race mm. to Cheltenham was, was pretty strong form, if I have to say. Um, ground probably wasn't just perfect for him. Like, that was really nasty ground now. I think, I, you know, it, it, that was that was beyond heavy, is what it was. Um, and, you know, I think Willie, no better man, we could punch down than Willie Mullins. Um, and I think he'll, he'll have had him freshened up. And I think the, the favourite could be vulnerable here. So I've sided with Capadano. Signing with Capadano then for Darren at 11-4 with fans. But uh, Kian, I, th- I throw this race at you, but I mean, Bob Ollinger's already dismissed Capadano pretty comfortably um, at this very track, albeit over a shade shorter. Um, if Bob Ollinger is back to what he was before Cheltenham and obviously previous seasons, he'd win, wouldn't he? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we know Bob Ollinger is better than these horses. I was a huge fan of him going over fences, but... You have to say he has been, I know he's won all his races, but he has been a bit disappointing. Even the last day at Cheltenham when um, Gallopin was leading, his, his jumping was put under pressure and he just he just belted a few and he just he just didn't look right at Cheltenham at all. Like I think if there was any half-decent horse in the race, it would have beaten Bob Ollinger. And, he might um, have been in trouble anyway, yeah, possibly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the prices, he's been he's been well-supported here now, but um, he's not for me, he's not for me um, at the prices at all. Um, I'd agree with Dermo on Beacon Edge. He's, he's a fair shout as well. But the one I do like is is Fury Road. I thought he ran a screamer at entry um, behind Ahoy Senor. That pair pulled a good bit clear of Lam Press and Brave Man's Game. He maybe didn't run to form, but that's um, they're the best novices around at this this season and at um, at seven to one or so. I think he's uh, he's a right chance to beat Bob Ollinger. Interesting. Okay. I mean, look, Kim, we have to pray that Brave Man's Game didn't run to form because that was just uh, yeah. Yeah, I think Paul Nichols said yeah, um, there was something something to do with ulcers or something like that. But um, yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. definitely wasn't stomach running. ulcers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything else since is one for Paul Nichols, so that's really unfortunate. <laughs> He's had some over the last week or so. <laughs> it obviously wasn't was, was was obviously my cash on the back of that horse that uh, that slowed it down. A theme of the season, and um, I'm really looking forward to this. I yeah, I I can see all three of you taking on Bob Ollinger. But I just think he's the best horse in the race. First time tongue tie, interesting too. Um, I, I, 
he should be favourites, probably about the right price, 11 to 10. I think he'd be hard to beat, but that's, you know, I'm hardly telling you anything you don't need to know. Um, we're going to cover you know, other races at Punchestown at the end. So if you've got any other darts to fire across uh, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday or Saturday, save them. Uh, we'll skip into Wednesday and get stuck into the Irish Mirror Novices Hurdle, which is a great one there, of course. And the nice guy who you have to say was an outsider of um, of a party that went and won at the Chandler Festival for William Mullins. 18 to 1, of course, went and won, uh, beating Mamela Kakuna at the festival, is back in here and is the jolly, the nice guy. We've got Minella Kakuna, we've got Jenny with me, who might well appreciate this uh, step into three miles. Uh, Bron, Minella Kakuna, Bardenstown Lab, who's been on the go since probably when I was about four years old. Hollow Games, Daily Present, Ramier is a good time, Johnny. Um, and they've already had a good time with that horse already this year. And meet and greet. Demo, um, do you want to take on the nice guy this time? Uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of want to take on the full front of the market. Uh, the nice mm. guy was brilliant at Cheltenham, and he'll keep improving, so he's, he's obviously the one to beat. Um, also, the fact that he, his season started so late, he, he, he probably has more to come. They had no idea what they had, did they? Uh, they had no idea, no idea at all. Had, Even yeah. Sean O'Keefe seemed to be the only one who knew. I kind of come with the last. Um, Manella Cocooner, it's great to have Danny Mullins back on. He gave me that absolutely brilliant day back in Dublin Racing Festival that feels like six years ago now. Um, but um, absolutely love the horse. But I think he's tough on himself. Um, and three miles now at this time of the season. Not sure he wants that. Journey with me, that was a proper fall at Cheltenham. Um, as much as he wants this trip, I'd be wary of him. And Manella Crooner was, he obviously is fit now. It's just not a horse that I'm mad about, particularly on, on good to yielding ground. Daily present, uh, Dean, is the form where I, I kind of picked up Digby from. And mm. he put Braun away very, very well that day. Um, and when Braun got to him, he went on again. Braun's won since. But Braun is 9-1 to one, and this lad is 22-1. to one. Um, the, the price discrepancy is ridiculous. And Daily present before that at Fairy House, he put away Prevaricate and Lady Rita. And they've both gone on to win since. To, sorry, yeah. To win since, yeah. And was the horses in front of him, like the Baroness of Lad, Hollow Gaines, the aforementioned Braun, they're all good horses. Daily present, the way Paul Nolan spoke about him after that race the last day, he was raving about him. He thinks he's a proper one. Paul Nolan now deserves, that yard deserves so much luck. They just keep losing their best horses. It's yeah. horrible to see. So, but I do think the Daily present, I think he's a proper horse that has just avoided the big days. And his form is starting to stack up. Braun, that was a really good performance to beat Braun. So from an each-way point of view, Dean, at 22-1 to one or so, I think Daily Present is a very good bet. Sean O'Keefe was raving about this horse as well. So um, they're both decent gauges. And um, as far uh, as this race goes, these these races can throw funny results. But I think Daily, Daily Present is being underestimated by his price team. Yeah, Daily Present currently 20 to 1. Of course, they skip Fairy House to, uh, to remain on track uh, for this race and uh, skip some of the bigger dancers this season. That could be a good ploy here. The nice guy is 2 to 1 with fans, but 7 to 2 is Manella Kakuna. Jenny with me is there at 6 to 1 along with Manella Kruna. Uh, it's 8 to 1, Bron, and 10s bar those. Darren Hughes, are you taking on the nice guy as well? I am, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking him on with Bardenstown, lad. Um, I'm kind of a bit obsessed with this horse. I, I think he's going to be. Uh, a serious sight when he actually gets over a fence but uh, I think he can, he can do a little bit more damage over hurdles before that act, that eventually happens um, I don't think he hasn't got a million miles to make up with the nice guy like it's nine and a half lengths on paper but you know that's only about a second and a half in terms of absolute time or a second and three quarters we'll say 
uh, in terms of absolute time. He's improving run to run. Like he's pretty much improved every run of his life uh, from one run to the next. And the addition of cheap pieces, I think, will help as well. Um, look, he might just not be just be quick enough. Punch down hurdles track is pretty sharp, but uh, at ten to one, I thought that was a little bit too big a price about Barnstown lad to, to do a bit of damage here. Okay, Barnstown lad will have the uh, the company of Brian Hayes again after Sean Bowen got the ride at Cheltenham. Of course, Brian Hayes already a winner on Barnstown lad uh, earlier in the season at Musselburgh. Um, Barnstown lad's a big enough price for this Grade One. Keen Kirby. Yeah, I was. Um... Was annoyed when the nice guy won the Alpha Parliament. Now he was, a, he was a horse I was following. He was in my tracker, but um, I just didn't think he had the right profile of the race or the right experience. So um, disappointing one. But I think at nine to four here we can uh, we can let him go, and I'll be taking him on as well. But the one I like actually is the Henry de Bromhead uh, train journey with me. Um, he's he's been really good this season. I mean, he went to Cheltenham unbeaten and was um, second favourite for the Albert for the Ballymore. Probably would have been yep. second or third bar to fall. Um, I mean, that form's really good. I mean, we've spoken about how good we think Sir Gerhard is. Uh, Three-stripe life went on to hack up at Aintree. That's that's very strong form. He also beat um, Manella, Manella Crooner and Kilcrud at Leopardstown. I think he's crying out for a step up and trip. I see there he's as big as 8-1 to one with some, some bookies paying four places. It's a, it's a massive price. I think he's... I think he's a very good horse going forward and we'll see even for next season over fences he'll be um he could develop into a gold cup prospect so at the yeah. uh eight to one mark he'll do for me yeah not surprised you raid in with uh jenny and me been a big fan all year and obviously taken similar routes with some of their better horses in the past so jenny with me is the shout for kian there um i was going to give a shout to hollow games but i really appreciate you've got a little bit to find and gone back up and trip uh maybe that's where he'll find it but i don't think he was too far off manel kakuna uh, Leperstown and the run at Cheltenham behind Banbridge we don't know how good that is yet might be alright um, so I'd give them a shout Gordon Elliott and David Russell in a very open race I'd definitely be taking on the nice guy albeit um, late to the party and looks like the, the, the stellar one of the group at this point so I'll have to go and prove it again at Punchestown of course also on the Wednesday is the Labrooks Punchestown Gold Cup goes to post at 5.55 um, now I'm delighted with this because we're going to see Alaho. Uh, at the right trip. I think this is Willie Mullins' yeah, goal. You've been sure about this all season. Well, you know. I'm delighted this is happening for you. <laughs> I'm delighted too. Um, unfortunately, well, actually, no, let's let's be honest about it. Manila Rindo's in here. Galvin's in here. Clanders Oboe's in here. Faka de Duderis is in here. Um, de Duderis, I've given it a new name. Tornado Flyer, Album Photo, Janadil <laughs> Kenboy. What do you want, lads? Alaho is um, his 15 to 8 favourite with fans bet. Uh, I think he'll munch them all into the ground. Demo, you may as well go. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I don't agree. I think he's he's uh, talent wise, he's he's obviously the best of these, but he's the best of these over a, a very particular trip. Um, back in two thousand nineteen, he he went off a very very short favorite, or sorry, in respect to a race like this, Manel Endo beat him comfortably enough in the Albert Bartlett, and then they turned up here, and Alaho was smashed off the boards because they they just knew how good he was, and coming down the straight, uh, he was outstayed by by Indo. I'm fairly sure, uh, or sorry, I'm fairly confident that, that will happen again. Um, I think Alaho is an absolute superstar, but I just think that the the pure size of him is actually in 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 complete um, in a complete issue here because you think that he'll definitely get these trips, but he just has never got them. So I think Manelindo at nine to two is a horse that has improved actually from Cheltenham going on to Punchestown before. Um, obviously he missed his chance to do that last year, but 
he's back again this year. He deserves his big win. And I thought the Gold Cup was a screaming return back to, to his best. And was? I think if he kicks on from that again, I, I think they all have, have it to do to actually beat him over this trip. Did. Okay. Alaho is 15 to 8 favourite. 4 to 1 is Clanders over. Manella, Manella Indo is 9 to 2. Nearly called him Manella Ovo. 9 to 2. Galvin at 6 to 1. 10 to 1 bar those. There are a couple of non stairs in here. Um, Darren, this will pique your interest. I think all you do this week is just back Native Trail and Alaho and uh, and get stuck in and enjoy the two best races and two best horses. Am I right? Uh, I don't know if you're right in totality in what you said, but yeah, Alaho does win this. Um, I've same as yourself. I've wanted him stepped up to this sort of trip again for a little while. Uh, I think he's more than good enough, more than capable enough, and he's a bit older now. Um, I think he's just a class edge on, on the vast majority of these. Um, and yeah, I'd expect him to win this and win it pretty comfortably and win the Gold Cup next year. Yeah, I'm in that camp. I'm in that camp, Darren. Let's uh, let's let's get another member on the train, Keen Kirby. Yeah, the only reason Alaho's running here is because there isn't a, a, a two and a half mile race. You know, well, thank God there isn't, because that's what ruins all the other festivals. Like, and even la- even last year he ran in the two miler, and obviously Willie Mullins has Shaq and at Nergamine, so he kind of has to go here by default. Um, Willie win maybe? Would I back him at fifteen days? Definitely not. I agree with Darren. I don't think his best trip is. He's three miles. He's he's a quick horse, and he goes a rel- relentless gallop from the front that other horses can't go with. So I think if he if he, if he does do that, he might be cut out by by a by a better stare. And I'm with Dermo as well. I do think Milanindo is is that stare. He um uh, bounced back to form at Cheltenham. He's won at um Pontchartrain before. That Gold Cup form is is the best form in the race. And as an each way alternative, I think he's um he's a good bet to take on Alho with. Fair enough, fair enough. It's hard to argue uh, with with the monster that is uh, Manella Indo. It's this is a belter of a Gold Cup. I think Alaho is around 16, 20 to one for next year's Gold Cup, and uh, yeah, maybe there's more value in punting that than uh, he, than w- he won't. He won't run it running that team. He'll be odds on for the Ryanair again, and he'll win it. I don't know if Willie Mullins has got a Gold Cup horse for next year unless he. Sure, he said after the after Ferry House, you're going to go for galloping, yeah. So yeah. Another horse to make it all diluted down. Oh, well, that's the way it goes. Uh, Alaho, oh, Alaho don't go there, right? We were... I'll, I'll try not to. I'll try not to. Um, <laughs> I'll call you tonight. You can, you can talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, that's the Wednesday. Let's skip into Thursday. We go straight to the 525. Um, this one, of course, is the Stayers Hurdle, the Grade 1, the Labrooks Champion Stayers Hurdle. Um, and I'll let Kian have a say here first. Uh, what do we make of this contest, Kian? It's, it's the usual suspects, I guess, with a few sprinklings of the up-and-comers, uh, like so Vanillier and stuff might end up in here. Um, what do we make of it? Yeah, we're still waiting on decks for this race, but uh, yeah, you cast your to, mi- to yeah. if you cast your mind back to last year, there was a savage gamp landed here. Classical Dream was a 25-1 to one shot overnight, and he was oh, into 5-1, to one and he absolutely pissed up. Yep. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if he's going to win it this year. I mean, 11-10 looks pretty short. The one thing I will say about the all the horses that ran in the stairs hurdle at Cheltenham, if you look at what like Champ, Time Hill, they both went on to Aintree and they were like fe- fell out the back of the TV. Florin Porter didn't run the form, so I'd say that could have been a tough race. Mm. And um, for that reason, I'll be going going against uh, the horses that ran in the stairs hurdle. We were keen on the Devil's Coachman on the Fairy House podcast, but it, he was uh, actually an on-runner. I'm going to give him a chance here. He's been really well backed. Um, this week he's a lot of upsides to him he hasn't yet ran over three miles um 
but he showed showed a good attitude the last day, beating Ashdale Bob uh, over two mile five on heavy ground. That's decent form, and I just think he's a bit bit more upside to him. And like I said, a lot of the horses who ran in the Stairs Hurdle they haven't gone on to do anything special since, so he just might be a bit fresher than them, and I think he can uh, he can outrun his odds here. Yep, Devil's Coachman for Noel Mead, as you say, has been uh, well backed already in the run up to this. Classical Dream is the five to four favourite with fans bet five to one side of Burley, eleven to two Paisley Park. The Devil's Coachman is there at six to one, seventeen to two about Gentleman's Game and Vanillier. Uh, Ashdale Bob, who you mentioned uh, from that previous run with the Devil's Coachman, is there at tens. It's twelve to one our old friend Commander of Fleet, and sixteen to one if they're mad enough to run Melon and stuff in here. Um, Dem, I know you're a big fan of Devil's Coachman. Is that where you're leaning? Uh, no, actually, I. I really like him, but the ground, um, he does kind of want a small bit of a dig, and mm. I'm not sure there, there'll be enough rain for him. I'm a huge fan of him. I think, I think he's excellent, but the uh, his best form has come when there's a good bit of dig in the ground. Um, I quite like Gentleman's Game here, Dean. Mm. Um, I think that he's he's come back to form this season. I think the better ground helped him massively last time at Turles. And last season, the, his second here at Punchestown has just... It's, it, it's, it, it's serious form in the... Uh, Grade one here over three miles. Um, 12 lengths behind Gallop and Deschamps. There's absolutely no shame in that. But behind him that day was Statler, Vanillier, uh, Tell Me Something Girl, Toriograph, Streets of Dying and Cross Hill. Like that's, that's very, very good form. And um, he really improved all around him that day. And this season, he had two very poor runs. I'd say they were looking at the uh, pretemps with him. He just didn't show up. Was really poor behind Royal Kahala and very bad ground. And But last time, really came roaring back to form again. I'm really interested to see him entered here. If he does indeed run, I think gentleman's game over this trip at uh, at Punchstown, it'll really suit him. He's coming in here a lot fresher than kind of most of these as well. So I think gentleman's game here, Dean, um, is the young up and comer, and uh, I think he could take a bit of stopping. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, Mouse Morris and gentleman's game. I have to say, uh, I wouldn't put you off that horse at all. Hopefully, runs uh, a big race for connections in this. Uh, Darren, any sense of the stayers? Yeah, not a, I found this uh, kind of kept trying to get classical dream beat and I couldn't really uh, take on board what Key instead of a tough race Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the extra few weeks um, since will 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 obviously have helped. I suppose like the one the, sorry the horse that went to entry is what I'm trying to say is they didn't have um, as much as much time off. Uh, it's I think it was need three week turnaround. Uh, obviously, look, he won the race last year. Um, Punchdown Hurdle Track, as I said earlier on in the podcast, it's pretty actually pretty sharp, especially the week at the festival. So I kind of want one that's on the speed without Floor and Porter in here. Classical Dream should get his own way, though there are going to be plenty in there that'll be wise to that. And I just look, he's not necessarily a betting proposition at in around the price he is, but I found it very difficult to get him beat. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and you know, the market is already uh, in favor, there'll be no massive gambles going on. Uh, in this race, I did, I did want to give a squeak to Commander of Fleet just because I feel sick that I didn't get involved at Cheltenham. And previous to that, you know, he was, he was a horse that ran second to Manella Indo in uh, an Albert Bartlett. He's got loads of uh, back form there. It just completely went off the ball, but came back to it, of course, at Cheltenham under terrible conditions. If that hasn't left a huge mark, I wouldn't rule him out of at least hitting the places at a big price. He's around 20 to 1 mark, of course, is Commander of Fleet. Um, I'd probably keep him on side. There could be a boil over in this. Classical Dream could do anything. Could end up in uh, in Navin as, as likely as finishing the, uh, in the first three in this race. And he's very, very sure. Okay, um, that would be my take on the stairs. We move on to the the Castle Novices chase, the grade one there. Willie Mullins, uh, very likely to have the favourite here with a horse that 
was, was just super, super impressive at Aintree, of course. And that was Gentleman Demi, who put Edward Stone in his place. And you've got Gabby Nacko, who's just been fantastically campaigned all season, uh, likely to line up against them. Uh, obviously got a bit of Edward Stone form in there. Blue Lord, who's slightly below the, probably the top ranking here. And a couple of others that have fluffed their lines a few times in the likes of Horton Calore, St. Sam, Core Sublime. Uh, Kian, what do we make of the novice chase? Yeah, on recent form, you'd have to say that um, Gentleman the Me should be a lot shorter than 2-1. to one. I think he was a, good, he was a decent um, novice hurdler last year. Mm. Um, won his maiden and then was sent off favourite for the Martin Pipe. Was well back to Punchstown again. And then over fences at the beginning of the season, he was disappointing. I mean, he got beaten easily by Hotan Colores, but like his last three runs since then, he won at Turles by 34 lengths, won at Navin by 16 lengths. And then the last eight entry, he beat Edward Stone by four lengths. I mean, Edward Stone beat the majority of these horses very easily in the Arkles. So he's got a rating of 164 now. I mean, if he's in that, if Edward Stone ran to form and Gentleman to Me puts in a similar performance, I think he'll absolutely wallop these. And I think uh, two to one, I think he, I could see him enough nearly like a five to four shot. So yeah, it's a good bet at two to one, I think. Yeah, two to one currently with fans bet. I, mean, I would have to agree with you. That entry performance just blew me away. I didn't think that was uh, possible to go and do that to a horse that was in such good nick as Edward Stone was. Um, Dan McDonald, do you agree? Um, yeah, it's a race that's kind of hurting my head. I haven't got involved at all. Uh, mm. I like Gabby Nacko. I just think he that was a great ride from Keith Dunhill to get second that day. I think Gentleman to me, he's a very good horse, but that, that entry performance has to flatter him just a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, the... Uh, um, Edward Stones had gone to every single party there was last season yeah. or, or this season sorry and I just thought that Edward Stone to me didn't look comfortable for half the, the, the latter half of the race and didn't finish it through third time lucky is just he's just overrated at, at that level so gentleman to me was excellent but I just think he saw off a horse that had had, had cried enough um, and Gabby Nacko has got the break after after Chelem so Gabby Nacko would probably be there was a gun put to my head where I'd go, but it's a race where it wouldn't surprise you if Blue Lord bounced back or St. Sam. You know, it's just one of those races. Of course, so it's not a race. Of uh, course, I don't know. He, he was beaten too far, I think, wasn't he? he didn't, um, yeah, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a great run. I was very disappointed with the, with the Chelsea. Yeah, he's thing. done that before at Cheltenham, so it might mm. just be Cheltenham, maybe. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, it, it's not a race a beginning involvement, but a gun put to my head, Dean, I would back uh, Gabby Nacko. Okay, with a gun to the head, Dermo's gone for Gabby Nacko. Uh, Darren, there's no such gun to your head, but you can go where you want. God for that. Um, yeah, look, it's a recurring team, I think, uh, the week at Punchtown is horses who haven't necessarily had hard races at the uh, at the, at the previous festivals, uh, Cheltenham and Entry. And for that reason, I'm kind of opposing gentlemen to me for all that I do agree with what Kean. It's just said about him. Um, and I just thought I'd take half a chance on St. Sam, who obviously exited the, the article pretty early. I was going to say through no fault of his own. I, I don't think he made that bad of a mistake, but <coughs> excuse me, again, his race has ended pretty early. And just at, at the prices, he was quietly fancy by quite a few going into Cheltenham. There's no reason he can't run his race here, um, run, run a pretty big race here against horses who maybe might have just left the race behind him um, in the last six or seven weeks. Okay. Yeah, I can see that happening. St. Sam's currently 5-1 to one with uh, fans. But Gentleman Demi is the 2-1 favourite. Gabby Nacko, 9-4, 5-2 about Blue Lord. 5-1, to one, as I said, for St. Sam. Horton Colour is at 15-2. Of course, the blind I expected to be a bit bigger after that disappointment at Cheltenham. 12-1 around 
at the moment. Albara's in there. Magic Days is there. You imagine that off try and front run at 16s. Um, Mascada at 33s. The outside of the lot is take all at 50s. Uh, there's no gun to my head, but just for romantic purposes and to maybe hope that I'm not as stupid as I sound sometimes, I will be giving Corsa Blime another crack for Henry de Bromhead and Rachel Blackmore. But you take your chances there, I think, because it could, uh, could run terribly or, or run a very big race. Certainly travel with this lot. It's whether they put it into the into the contest and get involved. Um, it's also the same day as the power, Paddy Power Champion Hurdle, 525 at Punchestown um, on the Friday. Uh, Honeysuckle will be in here, uh, chaps. With no Constitution Hill, Darren, the bookmaker's dream didn't come off. Yeah, no, quite frustrating. Uh, bookmaker's dream and the rest of our dreams, I would have said. Do you think uh, so? I mean, that, that is how it should be. I would have thought if your horse is well and fit and ready, you come and have a go, especially with all the added funds on offer. We just wait and wait to race these horses against each other sometimes. Oh, sorry. When I said dream, as in it was, I mean, like, that's what I was kind of hoping would happen. I, I don't mean dream as in unrealistic. And I actually made it an odds on pop too. To so go ahead, happened, yeah. yeah, I really did think it would go ahead. Um, and like then, look, I'll go on a mini tangent here. This commentary then that they were never going to run the horse. Why did they enter him? He was entered in the race. It wasn't like it wasn't that he was never going to run or things got. They said I think the the story got legs or something. Why he entered the horse then? Is in it the first just in case it? Honeysuckle definitely doesn't go? Nonsense. Never heard yeah, of nonsense in all my life. Okay. Run the horse. What's the worst thing they can? Sorry, I understand. Like I'm not sure I shouldn't rant either. But uh, <laughs> long, long, long I didn't. I didn't make the entry, Darren. So that's 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 what I mean. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Not your sure fault. I hear. Um, it. Yeah, look, she wins here. Um, as I said earlier on, Henry's record at the Punchdown Festival wouldn't exactly fill you with confidence. She wasn't at her brilliant tip top best last year. Um, I thought she got a canny enough right from Rachel to win, if I remember correctly. But yeah, look, odds are one to four. Reflect her chance pretty accurately, and I'd be, I'd be shocked to see her turned over here. Yeah, five to one on with fans, but it's Honeysuckle Epiton who could, uh, you know, effectively go for a mare's race here at sixes. Ten to one, Zana here, and Sampwa at tens, elevens, Tiupu. Adagio's there at 18s if they if they get on the boat, which you imagine they will. There's nowhere else to go. Echoes in rain, 22s, Durasso, 28s. 33 is about Mon Mural. Uh, Dermo, uh, this isn't turned out what perhaps people hoped. What was your take on Constitution Hill? Should they have come and rolled the dice? Uh, I could see both sides, really. Um, I could see why they didn't. But what pissed me off the most is is these racing fans saying that the horse shouldn't go and that, you know, the yeah, I don't get the that. Horse. That's, that's, yeah. that's not our. Yeah. That's that's not our prerogative, you know. Um, our prerogative is to see the best horses take on each other. Sprinter Sacker as a novice chaser went on. He took on his elders. Um, if I remember correctly, Dun Gwib went and took on his elders here, didn't he? In the Punchestown Champion Hurdle. Yeah, I, anyway. I don't think it went but, well, and they they've called that a reason to you know not to bother. I don't think it's it did, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah that mm. that wasn't part and parcel of it. Like like he's a horse that absolutely tumped uh, horses that have gone on to win Grade Ones afterwards, mm. thinking that he could, could go and take on his elder at Punchestown. There's nothing wrong with wanting that to happen. Like, absolutely nothing. And racing needs to give his head as well. Like, really needs to cop itself on that the, the these people that want... they We're in this vicious circle of people who, in racing, want to make themselves look like they know more than everybody else. And it's the same thing with this fucking Brian... Sorry to go on a real tangent now. But the, the Brian Hughes stuff drives me crazy altogether. Peep, there's actually people laughing snobbily that Brian Hughes shouldn't be champion jockey because he didn't come down south of England. 
and ride more grade ones. Where's the horses that that man's meant to have ridden as well? Yeah, what would he you know? Got? He's, he's won like he's won grade one. It's not like the eighties where a, a jockey could come over from Ireland and he'd pick up a load of spares. That doesn't happen anymore. Bryony Frost lost her. Uh, she got injured, and Lorcan Williams took those rides. David Russell was over in Cheltenham for day one. He'd won ride the whole day. Yeah. Uh, where's Brian News meant to be? Like the, the last grade one horse he had, I think Dean was the likes of Waiting Patiently. And then you're looking at after that, then maybe Navajo Pass from Donald McCain might be another one. But that wasn't a grade one horse. He he, he just caught over there out one day. Mm. So like like, but this this is the kind of the thing that really annoys me about racing is, is that we're trying to build this product. We're trying to market this sport. And all, all, all we keep hearing is is that these people who, who just seem to want to make themselves out to be these these geniuses, and all they're doing is they're closing off the sport. There was nothing wrong with people wanting Constitution Hill to take on Honeysuckle. And by the same line, Brian Hughes becoming the champion jockey is a massive feat to do that from the north. It's absolutely huge. Yeah. And fair play to him. He's, he's dominating it up there. It's just, yeah, no, horse racing pisses me off. But sorry, on a tangent. Honeysuckle Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that demo. Just don't don't wear white trainers if you're trying to go to the course and put a bet on Honeysuckle because you won't be. Able that's to what it. I mean, though. The like, south of England the mocking of the south of England mocking the north of England or mocking Irish runners. That that they get pissed off about Ireland winning at Cheltenham. It, it all comes from the south of England. It's their race courses where there's there's. Uh, there's the most drugs. There's the the South of England is where there's the most fight videos. They're always the South of England race courses. And it's the South of England where two two women dressed up with white shoes on, brand new according to Paul Keeley, nothing wrong with it all, were thrown out. Like, He'd be it, a good it, judge of a trainer, demo. Right? Yeah, he would. Yeah. But horse horse racing, yeah, it just pisses me off at times. It has a long way to go, Dean. Ah, it's mental. It's mental. I remember going back a good like this is twenty years or something, going racing with with my dad. And him being told to buy a tie in the shop so we could go in uh, to the part of the track he'd already bought a ticket for, which is as mad as it could possibly be. He did buy one. He put it around his neck, walked in, and then promptly threw it in the bin, um, which, you know, fair play. But, but there's, that's, that's but, the madness but of it. Some, but young women nowadays, like, uh, my wife wears a dress and she can wear white Converse runners with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's kind of, there was pictures of people were replying with pictures from the Oscars, Dean, of women <laughs> in, white, in white runners and a dress. It, it's a look now, like, and like, it's, it, it's just what annoys me is that I could turn up in a 20 pound suit with it hanging off me looking like Del Boy. And, but I couldn't get in if I was wearing white runner. It, it's just crazy. And the sport for, for, for all the talk of, of this being the problem, and that being the problem, really, the whole the, the whole sport needs a root and branch look at itself, uh, particularly in England, because as um, as uh, Punchestown have rightfully been shouting about this week, is that to go to Punchestown any day is thirty euro. Yeah. You know, to go to to go to W Racing Festival is thirty something euro mm-hmm. for the whole weekend. Um, the Irish product is miles clear. You can see why Irish public are flocking to the race courses. You can see why the prize money here is more. And just, yeah, if the UK want to get more competitive, particularly the, the south of England, because the north of England is what it is. They're very proud up there. Um, they just, yeah, they have a long way to go. But sorry about that tangent there, Dean. No, it's fine. Imagine when they put Will Young on them, the new market nights or something, and bam, white trainers. Jeez, there'd be about four people <laughs> there. It'd be an absolute disaster. Um, Keen, for, 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 you know, we do have a race to talk about here, but I don't want to upset you with this line, but I think race courses should ban Peaky Blinders fancy dress. And then... Uh, and, you know, we'd, we'd actually be able to move around and get a drink. But, Kian, over to you. Honeysuckle is 5-1 to one on. Um, yeah, we're still chatting about Punchdown Champion Hurdle, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yeah, I think I think with the Constitution Hill-Honeysuckle clash, I think Michael Buckley actually, actually was the one who wanted it to happen. 
And like we know with Nicky Henderson, he'll always like just take the easy option and not run his horses. That's that's just the way he is. So I'm not I'm not surprised it's uh it's not happening to be honest with you. Um, is it the right thing? Sorry, that's going to cost a kid. His justification for not running the horse was another horse who fell in her in a different race fifty years ago. That's right. How was how did nobody call him out on that? What the fuck had that got to do with it? But not even that. Even after the champion chase at Cheltenham, he came out and blamed the ground for Shishkin's run. Like he's, uh, he's a moon man. He's an absolute. Ground, like. He's a moon man. He's not a clue what he's, what's going on. I don't think at this stage. You so, mentioned yeah. the Michael Butley thing as well, Loki. I mean, if, if you own the horse and you say to your trainer, we're running on this day in this race, make the entry, prepare the horse, that's the trainer's job. Like It's almost like he owns the horse. I know. I'd say Nick Henderson's just thinking of next season and maybe he's a young horse and he doesn't want to do too much and he thinks he's a good like champion hurdle horse on his hands and he doesn't want to ruin him, basically. Like, But I don't know. They, like these, these clashes really should be happening, you know. Like As you should. say, time... Do you know what happens now if Honeysuckle gets injured or her constitution gets injured and it never happens? Like, you know, never so. know. And Keen, but, but like Michael Buckley of all trainers knows that you're not guaranteed another season. Spirit's exactly, son didn't make yeah. it to, to another season. Finian's Rainbow went went wrong quite quite quickly. Yeah. Uh, you're not guaranteed another season. Stephen Cass on this podcast always said it that that they should. That's why Cunagree's owners deserve and trainer deserve such praise that time. Yeah. They could have went to the RSA, but they knew time is fleeting. We all know that with life in general. Exactly. So, uh, like even if you look at the um, again another tangent here, but the yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, Keen, you're completely right. Even sorry, just just on that, even with the Shishkin and Ergamine battle at Ascot, like brilliant race between the two of them, like like highlight of the jump season so far. Yes. Again, that didn't that didn't like um didn't go ahead and happen really at Cheltenham because of what happened but like with the way Shishkin is now that might never happen again like so you just have to do it and go for it you know what you know what I can't do it yeah and um yeah disappointing it, it it's not going to happen uh Honeysuckle will obviously win what's going to take her on I don't know I, I think Epitant will probably go for the mayor's race um I'm not sure what else will run to be honest with you yeah she's she'll, she'll win this yeah pretty pretty straightforward it is pretty straightforward, and, and hopefully she just goes and gets the job done, and the crowd will give her a good old send off, and, uh, and it'll be a lovely way to uh, <clears throat> to wrap up her campaign. Uh, also on that day, we've got the champion of us hurdle, the Grade One there, uh, State Man, a uh, well, a, a masquerading handicapper at Cheltenham certainly wasn't that. Uh, now goes for Grade One here, uh, Kian. Yeah, State Man was really good at Cheltenham. I mean, it was. Mm. So good, he probably could have, I don't know, would have placed in uh, any of the great and novice hurdles. Um, it does kind of, it is a bit ridiculous that Willie Mullins has so many good horses and he just splits them up as best he can to get as many winners as he can. I know it's not wrong, but we want to see him take him on a, a bit more. Um, will he win this? Probably. Would I back him? I don't know. I'd give Kilcrud a chance. Mm. Um, he was a really, really good bumper horse, really highly regarded. And just at the start of the season, things weren't going right. Then he won his um his maiden hurdle at Punchestown impressively, and he was really taken out of his comfort zone in the Supreme. I mean, the front tree in the Supreme went off like crazy, like John Bond, Constitution Hill, and Dysart Dynamo. And nothing could really get into the race, but he did stay on well. To be fair, but he's just way out of his comfort zone. I reckon up and trip here and slower pace. I think he could he could get competitive and. As an alternative to Statement, I think Statement's odds on. I think Kilcrut's maybe about six or seven to one, as an each way, uh, each way bet. He won the bumper here last year, like so. Yeah, I think he could go well. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think you probably have to take on Statement with something with a bit more back class, and there's some uh, from Kilcrut, and uh, I, I'd have him. I'd have him in for this race as well. Darren Hughes. Um. Yeah, I found this somewhat tricky again trying to get the fav beaten and 
just wasn't really able to um I, you know Patrick's comments I think in the wake of chat I can't remember where he was speaking in the racing post where he mm-hmm. kind of said they, 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 they're, they'd be shocked if they said this in a grade one horse um, obviously a different distance to Gallop and Deschamps last year but uh, that isn't too far from the mind um, yeah look it's very boring and I kind of tipped two or three fabs in a row here but it's very hard to see past state man I have to say yeah I, I think there's no shame in, in tipping these fabs the race is set up for you know crowning of uh, existing champions and that's kind of what we're looking at here state man still has a little bit to prove in this kind of company I guess he's stepping out of the handicap uh, great, but he was very good demo. And state man's gonna be well. I'd take the odds on. Yeah, I, I I love this horse being mainly just 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 because he absolutely saved my pocket at uh, <laughs> at Cheltenham uh, after a stinking week altogether. He he was we were on him with quite a while in this podcast for that race. Sure. Uh, and they got he saved us, but he was accidentally handicapped. Really, you'd have to say about state man. You know, he he went off a short price in that race at Leperstone. He wins that. He would have ended up in one of the Grade Ones. He fell going really well two out. Um, and then goes on to Limerick afterwards in a low-down race under Richie Deegan. And, you know, that's just how he ended up handicapped. So, like, it's kind of different for me than even St. Wall for that race because St. Wall was kind of intentionally held back for that. That wasn't the plan for Stateman. Mm. I was looking, thinking, you know, I might get a mad price for next year's champion hurdle with him, but he's only 20 to 1 next year. The the value really is not that mad, yeah. Those markets, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, no, look, it's a race that I definitely won't be... I won't be getting involved in, but uh, I'll be cheering on State Man because uh, I owe I owe him quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, sure, and 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 that's fine. I I do think you know this race is going to cut up a fair bit. Plenty of these have got entries elsewhere and are going to take them up. You would imagine. So um, the likes of Kilcrook, what do you want? Probably going to line up in here. Um, and and yeah, we're talking about Winnie Mullins, Winnie Mullins, Winnie Mullins. No surprise there. Flame Bearer must be given a shout uh, if the Doyles come and run um, after winning the course at Fairy House. Just uh, what was that? Twenty-six days ago. So just before um, the Easter meeting, of course. And they'll, they'll be looking to take them on. There is a, a big race on the Saturday that we're going to talk about. It is the Mayor's Champion Hurdle, the Grade One. There, of course, it's possible uh, demo that Epiton will go here and give your tell me something girl something to think about. But Marie's Rock also engaged Mrs. Milner. Uh, this is a hot Mayor's Champion. It's a proper race, isn't it? Because even even the likes of uh, she wears it well. She was she's uh, properly vaunted. Uh, last season before just kind of uh, obviously running poorly this year but uh, really really good race of a lot of these mares yeah tell me something girl that absolutely broke my heart that was the, the big one for me for the whole week of, of Cheltenham and uh, nothing nobody will ever be able to tell me that she wasn't going to win that race well she was absolutely cruising uh, when she was brought down two out and she was Rachel Blackmore actually had taken a pull before it and it was just, it was horrible. Yeah, Yeah, it was absolutely horrible. But um, at nine to four or so, yeah, I I kind of obviously will wait for the day. What is on my mind is that last year after winning at Cheltenham, she did flop badly here, um, but she had a much lighter campaign this season overall. So it mightn't be. So I just think she's, she is the best of of the mayors. Really respect Marie's Rock Dean who landed an almighty touch for for your good self. Um, But I think... uh, Tell me something, girl, is the best of these mares. That's very kind of you, Demo, but I needed all the luck in the world to get that done, let's be honest. <laughs> um, and some, sometimes you get it and you lose it elsewhere. Uh, Marie's Rock, I think, will, will run a decent race. I'd be concerned that, you know, Stormy Island can't get a bad as ride as it got at Cheltenham, I don't think, and was only four and a bit lengths behind Marie's Rock. I'd be worried about Stormy Island turning that form round with Marie's Rock. And Epiton could well line up here. You'd imagine they won't, Darren, will they? They'll, they'll go champion. Yeah, you'd have you'd have thought they'd go champion, but like again, I think we've we've kind of seen 
Um, as we've already discussed in the podcast, uh, Nicky Henderson is uh, fundamentally a coward um, at this point in his career, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if he took the... That's a, that's a, that's a, sorry, that's a step too far. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I could go, I could go further. Man, <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, Shiskin did race an edge, I mean, when it didn't have to this season. Like, Aldi took on surname when it didn't have to. Um, that's years ago. That's no, years not, ago. Not that long ago. In fact, one of those it's not that season. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, I'm, go- I'm going to send over the comment, and there's uh, seven barrels can get in touch with me if they have any issue. Um, yeah, I, I, I like Storm, I like Stormy Ireland here. Um, I really do. I think the track is set up perfectly for her. As, again, as we saw when she won this race, was it last year? The pandemic years kind of rolled into one another. I think it was last year she won the race. Yeah, I'm no, I'm ninety nine percent sure it was. Yeah, uh, again, she, she'll be on the speed again. As I said earlier on, this is a real front runners track. The, the weather forecast in Ireland is pretty good for the week as well, so the ground is like to be pretty. To be pretty quick, I think it could be difficult enough to come from off the pace. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'd actually be very sweet in her chances at the available prices. Yeah, I think I think it's a fair shout. I just think that ride at Cheltenham was just uh, in between what it meant to be. I don't think anything kind of, you know, had opportunity to go and, and take them all on from the front, decided not to, then decided to, then decided not to. And in the end, you get beat by Marie's Rock four and a bit lengths. Key and Kelly. Yeah, I think if Epitant runs, she'll win here. She, she's the best of these by an absolute absolute mile. She's the best form in the race. I mean, she's only beaten three three lengths by Honeysuckle at Cheltenham. Went to Aintree, absolutely bowled it up. She was laughing at Sanna here. I think she's a re- she's still a re- really good mare. Yeah, she does run. I think seven to four is a, a fantastic price. Yeah, and I think she'd win. Do I'll just say as well, if, if, um, I think so. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. she ran out. Of, they're, they're, they're sick of losing to Honeysuckle. Like last year at Cheltenham. Last year, last year, Punchestown. Sure. Um, yeah, I think she'll run. And again, I'll just say um, about Punchestown, it, it's a five-day festival. If Cheltenham are looking at it and saying, you know, comparing it, but like they should really cut Punchestown from five days into three days and it'd be twice the festival, I think. But yeah, it's a bit bit drawn out of festival for me. Like, ah, sure. That's the way You wouldn't have the go. 41 bumpers then, though, Keen. So, you, you know, you have to have the 41 bumpers first. Does anyone anything. watch them, do they? <laughs> <laughs> Some people, that's all they watch, Keen. It takes all sorts. It does take all sorts. There's, there's going to be lots of other horses on this at this meeting that we haven't mentioned yet that will that will come on and uh, and be and be something special. That's the thing about Punchestown, though, isn't it? It's an accepted position that it goes on for those many days. It's very accessible. Everyone can go. You get some crowning of champions. You get a couple of clashes, and we talked about Galway seven days. Like, yeah, but yeah, Galway, it's crazy. Yeah. Galway's like two days of good racing and five days of drinking alongside it. Like. Yeah, to be fair, the first four days are the actual festival, yeah. and then the weekend really are just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it's a great party, and I think they market themselves as that rather than you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the pinnacle yeah. of racing. Punchestown somewhere in between. It's probably a little bit too long, but you know, it's so accessible, and you know, like you made the about the prices and that they don't they don't dress it up over and above what it is it's just a great end of season party i think um and you know we look forward to it okay that is the uh well that's the the list of the races that we're going to talk about on on today's podcast the punchestown preview but there are plenty of other horses running there so i'm hoping that the chaps here have saved something else from the meeting uh, for us thermo uh, i can normally rely on yourself uh yeah dean yeah I have a few here. Um, I was just looking to see, first of all, if Aragon is entered at all. He's, he's a horse that I, I quite like all season. He seems to be held back for something, but I just haven't seen him at all mm. anywhere. Uh, but I'll look for that afterwards. Um, first of all, Dean, is the 4.50 on Tuesday at Punchestown. Great Bear is uh, is running. This was the horse that I put up twice last season who placed brilliantly in, in handicaps very similar to this 
And very interestingly, has gone to Henry de Bromhead and has been held back for what appears to be this race. Uh, same owners. It may look like Rachel Blackmore has um, has picked the other one, but I don't think he has because, or she has because uh, Dara O'Keefe uh, rode this horse in all of its starts over hurdles before it joined um, Henry de Bromhead. So I think that is just a case of a jockey being kept on. And this horse last season just kept improving as the season went on, had a funny old time of it on the flat, but did did get his win. But back over hurdles here now fresh, only three pounds higher than when a brilliant herd at this festival last season. Um, I think Great Bear uh, is very, very interesting. In the 4.45 on Wednesday, uh, Field Duderi, Dean, is a horse who keeps bumping into very well yeah. handicapped uh, Dan Skelton horses. He comes over here for Nicky Henderson. I think he's, he's extremely interesting in this race. It's a level weight um, hurdle, but I don't think there's an awful lot of kind of top class horses in here. Um, I think that he's bumping into horses that are of a graded class, particularly Langer Dan. Obviously, Langer Dan just traveled all over him, but he ran an absolute screamer that day. Field of the re, he, he deserves a win, and his season kind of got going late enough, so I think he can continue to improve as it's gone on. Uh, in the 4.15 on Thursday, um, two mile handicap chase uh, front runners go well at uh, Punchstown as Darren Hughes has alluded to and Magic Days could, could just go very well in a handicap uh, chase there this does not look the strongest handicap chase in the world and Magic Days could just slip them um, and then in the 4.15 on Friday which is a very very competitive handicap chase this can actually be a decent guy towards the, um, the Galway plate a horse who I said on a previous podcast might just be handicapped in plain sight is Busselton Dean. Yeah. And uh, he is, uh, he's entered in this race. Typically, this novice handicap chase, again, it's a really good gauge towards Galway. Um, Balco de Flo, I think, was placed in this race before going on to win the um, that race. And uh, Busselton, for me, is a horse who's just been way out of his league, but in a hundred off a mark of 138, I just think he's, he's very interesting. Uh, Keane's old buddy, French Dynamite's, in this race as well but I think they all might struggle to give this horse six pounds in a race that he can finally win so they're my 14 um, I think they're extremely interesting yep I was going to mention French Dynamite um, as a as a runner to take note during the week I do think that'll be a fair old task um, against Busselton as you mentioned uh, Keen may as well go to you in case that one is on your list yeah French Dynamite was one I picked out obviously we were all quite sweet in him on the fairy house podcast but he didn't run yeah so um yeah he's, he's worth a look here um i don't have too much from the handicaps but one race i suppose we should just touch on briefly is the grade one bumper would anyone give american uh, mike a squeak of beating fast all vega do you think she he'll, no, um he'll bolt up again yeah i think does that mean you do Ken? No, I was just putting it out there. I just think no, they're I just think they're two exceptional bumper horses. I think Fassel oh, Vega sure, is uh, very exciting going forward. Yep. Okay. Um Keen, if you're done, Darren, give me something else for the week, please. I actually haven't had much of a chance to dig down into the uh, into the handicap, so there's nothing else for me at this point in time, Dean, but uh, hopefully I should find something between this evening and tomorrow evening. Be, um, actually going, yeah. I'm actually going to punch down for the week, so fingers crossed I'll manage to pick something out. Magic. I'm sure you will. Um, I'll come and get your naps in just a second. There was one horse I wanted to mention for the week that uh, we haven't touched on, which is Freedom to Dream for the Fahis. Um, Kevin Sexton, I think, is booked for Wednesday in the... Um, the series final, the hurdle final over two mile four. And I think that'll take a good bit of stopping uh, if that's where they decide to go. They've got a couple of other entries, but Kevin Sexton's booked up for Freedom the Dream at 4.15 
on the Wednesday. Um, all right, naps of the week, chaps. You can go uh, where, where, well, wherever you want. You can throw in a double if you want. Plenty of short ones to get stuck into. Um, Darren, I come to you first. Yeah, the twenty past five on Wednesday. Bardstown lad. I think he's a wild enough price of ten to one for the 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 stairs novice hurdle. Um, as I said, cheap piece should liven up a good bit, and he's a proven run to run. So ten to one about him. Look, plenty big to me. Nice ten to one nap for the week. There's Baden Town lad for Darren Hughes. Keen nap of the week, please. I was actually going to nap journey with me in that race, but <laughs> I, um... you sit down. <laughs> you can go head to head. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah, I'll I'll go with journey at me. Yeah, he's around eight to one there. I think a few firms have been four places. That's a savage bet. So yeah, he'll do for me. Journey with me for the very same race from Keen Kirby. Demo, you must have one in there to nap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the I think the yeah. Fuck it. I'll go for it. Uh, 4.50 at Punchestown uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, Great Bear, Dean, at 12 to 1 uh, is my nap of the week in the uh, in the handicap hurdle. Yeah, lots of people will be taking note of that after Digby, of course, uh, came out of left field and scored for you at Ferry House. So Great Bear, 12 to 1 on the Tuesday. Uh, I'm going to put Freedom to Dream up uh, for mine. I'm still waiting on the prices, which seems a bit mad then to decide that, but it'll be a chunky enough price, I think in that series final. And uh, I do think he's going to be um, hard to stop. Otherwise, Alaho Native Trail just sorts everything out as we run into the beginning of May. Um, you've been listening to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Fansbet, who we have to give a big thank you to for sponsoring us for the National Hunt season. Do check out the Bet 10 Get 30 offer on bookmakers.co.uk. Also check out their Play to Win horse racing game, which will be back up uh, this weekend, 250 quid to the winner, of course. Three uh, races to solve. Also check out a special uh, Punchestown play and win game, of course. And, uh, and our thanks go to them. And my thanks for this week's podcast and the final one of the National Hunt season until we get to Galway. Uh, go to Keen Kirby, Darren Hughes, and of course, uh, my man, Dermot Nolan. Thank you very much. And thanks. Thanks very much to you as well, Dino. Ah, you're Cheers, very man. kind. Thank you. And uh, I hope everyone is uh, is going to enjoy Punchestown and then uh, and then wander their way through the flat season without us for a little while. And uh, <laughs> we'll be back in due course. But thanks very much. You've been listening to The Race Hour for now. We'll leave you alone. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews. 